This is Dane Caligiuri. Hello from Gelsenkirchen to all the Schalke Americans. Blau und Weiß ein Leben lang. Hallo meine Leute, wie geht's? Willkommen zum Das Einzige Schalke Podcast auf Englisch. That's right, folks, officially the world's only English Schalke Podcast worldwide. This is episode 81 of Schalke America. We are back from hiatus. I am your host, Richard Carmen. Schalke fans are indeed some of the greatest fans in the world, many of whom speak English. This pod aims to bring you the latest from the Royal Blues, talk to the English-speaking fans of the club, get their point of view across, and bring you game highlights. Joining me on the show, as always, co-host Jack Mangan. Jack, we're back. We are. We're back. Good to be with you once again, sir. Happy New Year. Happy birthday to you as well. Thank Last you. Thank week. you on double that. Yes, uh, I'm much, that, hey, one more year older. Uh, I feel it. I certainly have more aches and pains since my birthday. I don't know if <laughs> that's a coincidence or not, but I don't know. How are you, sir? I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Uh, I, 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 I'm somebody who appreciates the Winterpause because um, I think it is important to get a break in every once in a while. But yeah. usually once we get into the new year and there's still Premier League action on TV and everything, I start I start itching for it to start back up. So um, I'm excited for this upcoming weekend and I'm, I'm glad to be back with you, sir. I am excited to be back with you too. And, you know, luckily for us, Schalke have not been uh, absent. They've been actually had a friendly recently and we can just talk about that real quick. Uh, they played Hamburg this past weekend. Uh, Hamburg has fight the Bundesliga squad. They're certainly... Bundesliga, you know, capable. Uh, and Schalke had a really good performance against them. Three nothing victory. We had goals from uh, four, I believe. Four, yeah. So for, uh, Gregorich, a new man, we'll talk about here shortly. Uh, he scored a goal. Uh, Alexander Schoff. Um, who else scored? Um, turn a blank now. All of a sudden. Um, uh, oh my god! Uh, I just watched the highlight. <laughs> you can, yeah, you can tell we're you can tell we're rusty right now. Yeah. Anyway, um, we won four nothing. We look good. In Matondo that scored. He had a Matondo, nice yes, he had the fourth goal. That's correct. I can't remember who got the second one. Oh, uh, that's when I mean Harit was dancing around the goalie end of the defense and uh, slid it to Rahman uh, for the yeah, end basically. So yeah, it was a, um, a solid performance against a good squad. I mean, you take it for what it's worth. It's a friendly, but. Yeah, uh, it's good to see the boys playing well. You know, a shutout, Schubert in goal. Hopefully, we see uh, him the rest of the way. We'll get to that as well. Uh, but yeah, um, the big news I think for us in the off this this little hiatus during the winter pause is the team of the decade. We teamed up with Schalke uh, to kind of send out a poll to all our listeners on you know Facebook, Twitter. Uh, everywhere really, and uh, you guys responded tremendously. I think overall we probably had oh man. Um, we probably had close, I mean, it was definitely over a thousand votes. Probably, we're probably looking at close to 3,000 votes total. It was something crazy, uh, overall in all the social medias. It's between three to five thousand. Um, you guys responded well. Jack, uh, I'm gonna read the team off and then we can get a little reaction from both of us, really, how we thought, uh, this team, uh, panned out with the votes. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm looking forward to the, uh, the official, uh, Schalke America fan team of the decade. All right. So, uh, coming in at goalkeeper with 55% of the votes, uh, your cap, former captain, Ralph Fairman, he gets in over uh, Mr. Neuer and, and Nubel and, and, and others. 
Um, not too surprising there. Uh, coming in at right back with 65% of the votes, uh, Uchida. Uchida, another one I'm not too surprised about there. Uh, the center back pairing was an interesting one for me. Uh, two center backs coming in. The first center back coming in with 45% of the votes. Naldo, the guy who uh, so big in the Riviera Derby 4-4 game um, and really that whole season uh, a couple years back. Uh, and then a little bit bigger percentage-wise, 85% of the votes. Uh, no surprise here. Uh, your former captain, Benedict Hovides, uh, a staple in defense. You knew everyone was going to pick him there. And then a left back. Uh, many this is many people wonder who's going to pick here. There's a lot of favorites uh, that people were were leaning towards, and at least you know for you and I, I think we this is when we both probably uh, wholeheartedly agree on. The 65% of the vote, Kolasnic, uh, he gets in there. So your back four is Ochida, Naldo, Hovides, and Kolasnic. Um, going into the midfield, uh, starting out with right midfielder, 75% of the votes. Jefferson Farfan squeezes in there. Well, that squeezes in there. He wins in a pretty landslide right there. Uh, midfield was interesting for me. I wasn't sure how this was going to go. Um, 65% of the votes went to Ivan Rakitic. Uh, no surprise there, the guy with the great hair. <laughs> uh, coming in, though, his par- who's going to team up with him in the midfield, this was surprising to me. Um, I don't know about for you, Jack, but 48% of the votes went to Leon Goretzka. Um, I'll get your comments on him in just a second. Uh, and then another very contentious position in left midfielder, 50% of the votes went to Leroy Sané, uh, the wonder kid who ended up leaving, breaking our hearts and leaving go to Manchester City. And then really the two landslide votes for forwards one and two, 90% of the votes went to Raul, and 94% of the votes went to Klaas Jan Huntelaar. Um, that's your starting 11, and the manager... Uh, it was very hotly contested on Facebook, uh, but really, or excuse me, on Twitter, but on Facebook really pulled it away. Hoop Stevens comes out as your manager of the decade. Jack, your thoughts on the st- the team of the decade? Yeah, so let me just reiterate. Thank you for everyone who participated in that. That was a that was a fun thing, and I'm glad we got the uh, the responses that we got. Uh, so yeah, starting at the back, uh, Fairman winning that over. Over Manuel Neuer, I think that's uh, that's fair given the amount of time that that Fairman was yeah. was at the club in the decade relative to Neuer, who departed uh, pretty early on for Bayern Munich. Um, you know, Fairman's been one of the the figures I think at the team along with Benedict Hivides over the past decade. Decade, probably the two of the players that you most associate with that club. Heart so yeah, guys, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm I'm fine with that. Obviously, disappointing that Fairman um, out on loan right now to Norwich after Newbel took over his job. But I think somebody that a lot of the fans would welcome back with open arms if he wanted to come back to the club to finish his career, even in like you know a reserve role or something along those lines. Um, right back, uh, Uchida. Um, I probably agree with that one as well. Yeah, I like that pick. Um, Rafinha was a close second, but I I think uh, Uchida got the time, and he just he's such a good player for us and. Never heard anything bad from him. It was always good stuff coming out of him. Definitely one of those guys that I think kind of has like a cult following to some extent. Yeah, um, yeah, I like that pick. Uh, so the, my first disagreement is going to be with the first defender. Okay. Um, I, I understand why Naldo uh, won that. I mean, first of all, you have recency bias, but also just I think there's a big emotional connection to Naldo for how important of a figure he was um, that first year under Tedesco when we finished second place and you know it scored in, in both. Revere Darby's that yeah. season and just, you know, phenomenal play both defensively and obviously contributing with the goals as well. So I understand that. Um, for me, I would have gone with Matite personally. 
Um, I, I just think he had more of a role to play over the course of the decade than, than Naldo did, in my opinion. But I think it's a close call. I know you were a fan of Bordon as well. Um, yeah. And I don't, I don't really think there's a bad answer to that particular question between those guys. I think I think any of those would be would be good choices. My personal would be a deep. Um, second defender, Hervidez, Um Absolutely agree with that. I think he's probably the most important player at, at the team um, yeah. over the course of the decade in terms of like consistency and um, leadership and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, Papadopoulos and Metzel, they're you know good players too. But um, left back, yeah, uh, Dinich, another player that wasn't really in that position for very long. So the people that picked Fuchs, I can understand that. Um, I, I probably underappreciated him a little bit when he was at the club. Um, I wasn't the biggest fan of him when he was here, but I feel like I've slightly changed my opinion on that a little bit over time. But so I, I'm kind of I'm kind of mixed on this one. What's your opinion on the left back situation? You know, it's funny. A couple people mentioned to me Christian Pander, and I'm like, dude, I love Christian Pander. However, he didn't play in that deck in the decade. Um, yeah, the left back situation is interesting, right? Because Kalasnich had a little bit of a cult following as well. Uh, it wasn't too much time in the left back position, um, and I think really once he left us is when we were like, oh my god, he left us. What the hell? Because um, you had some good names that were there. I mean, obviously you could you could mention Ochipka if you wanted uh, Christian uh, or, or Fuchs as well. Uh, he did well with us for a lo- much longer period of time. It seems like when you had other guys like Iogo and and some other guys here and there deputizing. But um, I think that position we didn't have really a consistent really a consistent figure there too long in the decade. I mean, you got a couple guys who had you know two or three year spells there. Um, nothing consistent like you would see like Ochita in the right back position. Um, or Fairman in that, so that was a little bit different, more difficult of a call. And I think it just pulled more of a heartstrings to all the fans, and, and that's why I think Kalasnik got the vote. No, no disrespect to Kalasnik, I, I think that was a great selection. Uh, but I, it's, it, it was a little bit more of a difficult one because of there wasn't uh, longevity to any of the guys who were, you know, who were the options really. Yeah, for sure. Uh, moving on to right mid, um, wholeheartedly agree with Jefferson Farfan. I, I think. I think for a period of time there, I think he might have been one of the more underrated players in European football. Yeah. Oh, at yeah. least at least in terms of like the awareness that people had with him and sort of like the general European footballing consciousness, if you will. Um I, I think I think he was really good there for a while and probably didn't get the credit he did. And was obviously it, we we saw him still playing in the uh, in the World Cup this uh two summers ago. Was it in two thousand ten where uh that's when he was like his at his peak and um, at the World Cup, and everyone was, I think Peru was having a really good run, and he was a big part of it. I think that was a year. It wasn't 2014. I think it was 2010. I could be wrong. It could be 14, but one of those years, probably both. Yeah, I just, I just think he was, like I said, just a little bit underrated and just a really, really solid player for us for a long time. Um, so I like that pick. Uh, central midfield. So here's my issue with this one. Okay. Um, so you listed six people here, and the, based on the way the Twitter polls work, we had to divide them up into groups. Um, and so the, the first spot was Barnetta, Max Meyer, or Rakitic. Rakitic won that overwhelmingly. Yeah. Um, I, I think if I have to choose between those three players, I'd actually go Max Meyer. And I know it's going to piss some really? people off based on the way he departed, but like Rakitic wasn't at the club for that long in this decade, really. You know what yeah. I mean? I mean, I, I, I feel like Max Meyer played a larger role overall. Um, feel free to. Disagree I, I, have, I have a different take on that. Um, so I, I, I agree that when Max Meyer, when Tedesco got here, he certainly became a bigger role for us because he was really, it was kind of like in and out. You know, he was supposed to be this attacking midfielder player that's supposed to be really great. And, it, you know, he was never consistent, never had consistent minutes. You know, he was, he was always on the team, but 
it just seemed like he never had a consistent role in the team. I feel I felt like Rakitic, in my opinion, had was more influential while he was here. It was a short amount of period of time, but I, I felt like he was more influential, part of more goals and stuff like that. Um, of course, there were really good shock of teams back then when he was on 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 the club. That, that's fair. Like I said, I, ju- I just think the the majority of the time he spent at the club was prior to this decade, sure. and so the yeah. last two I, I would go Meyer. Um, the other one for the other spot in midfield was Goretzka, uh, yeah. Gerardo, and, and Jones. Um, Goretzka won. I would agree with that as well. Um, but I think if I had to combine those two polls, I would actually go Goretzka and Jones okay. overall, as opposed to like Goretzka and, and Rakitic or Goretzka and Meyer. Um, that could be the American bias in me, but I think Jones was a, was a solid player for the club for, for quite a while. Um, I was pulling for Gerardo. Uh, I was hoping that he would get it because he was so good when, when Raul was here. I mean, obviously, it wasn't that, that long of a period, but I was really, I really loved the way he played. Um, Lincoln was somebody I was thinking of, but he was more in the, in the 2000s where he was really an amazing player. He was one of my favorite Shaka players. Um, so those two, you know, really, but uh, I, I have no qualms about uh, Goretzka, really. I, I remember back in the days when it was still difficult to to get Schalke games on television, yeah, um, or find streams of them or whatever. There was, uh, I mean, there was a Galatasaray Schalke game that was being televised because it was a Champions League fixture, and I remember Jermaine Jones scoring a great goal um, in oh, that. Yeah. So I have a very emotional connection to that to that moment. Um, left midfield, Salif Sane. Not Salif Sane, wow. Oh, really? Wow. I'm so, I'm so used to, yeah, I'm so used to what's going on recently. Yeah, that'd be wild. Left of Sane, who would have thought? Um, uh, I don't know. Sadio Mane. Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> Leroy Sane won this like resoundingly. Yeah. Um, and if it's me, I got to go Draxler here. Do you think, uh, do you think a little bit had to do with the way Draxler left us? Possibly. I think, I th- I think that could be the same thing with Meyer and some yeah. of those other guys. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys left, um, and disappointed the fan base tremendously when they did so. So I think that's totally fair. I, I was surprised that the disparity was this high. I actually expected Draxler to win this. I did and too. so the fact that he lost and then he also lost, Sonny won 55% of this vote compared to Draxler at 21. Harit had more votes for left mid than Draxler did. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, let's again. Could be. Yeah. I would go Draxler. Would you agree? I would agree too. He, he had the longevity. I mean, we were all in Draxler's boat when he was with us. I mean, we loved the kid. He was doing special things. Leroy Sané obviously was doing fantastic, but he was only here for a small window. Um, Draxler had a little bit bigger uh, of a spell there. And I mean, Harit is, you know, came at the end of the decade. So, I mean, Harit's definitely going to be mentioned in there, but I think Draxler's got to be the way to go. But, I mean, hey, I'm not, it's, it's Sané. He'll, he'll do magical things on the field. Hey, you know? man, he, he scored at the Bernabeu when we beat Real Madrid. Oh got to give him credit yeah. for that. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, Forward one, it was Bergstaller, Asamoa, and Raul. Um, uh, Raul dominated that, I would agree. Yeah. Um, special player uh, in terms of his place in, in history. Um, and, and did most of his work you know, prior to even joining the club. So it was, it, was, it was crazy that I think we were able to get a player of his stature, but I think it ended up being a good fit for both yeah. both parties at that point. Good compliment to n- number two forward. Exactly, yeah, which was Klaasian Huntelaar overwhelmingly. Uh, Kevin Karani in there as well. Yeah. I think you and I would agree that you know he did his best work um, prior to this decade, which is yeah. why he probably yeah. was not on there compared to Huntelaar. Totally fair. Um, Karani, I, I, I love Karani. He was... He was kind of at his height right when I was really becoming a fan of the club back when I was first kind of starting to get into get into football. So, I mean, I love him, but obviously I think Huntelar is the good option there. Um, and then the manager, I mean, I don't really have much of an opinion on that. Hoop Stevens won. I'm, I'm fine with that. Um, 
Schalke is such a revolving door of managers that it's hard to like single somebody out because there's just so many so many different ones. I mean, obviously, it's not going to be Roberto Di Matteo, right? Um, <laughs> Slomko was my favorite manager, but he was not in this decade. So, um, and I just liked him for personal reasons. Not, not that he did anything on the pitch, really. Um, I, I will say that the manager that I that I liked the most and had the biggest emotional connection to was absolutely Tedesco. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, I think a lot of Schalke fans feel that way even now after the way things ended. But and that's why he finished second, and it was so close. Uh, at least, uh, at least on the Twitter poll, he was so it was neck and neck with Whoop Stevens, which I was surprised and not surprised because, like you said, he's he pulling at our heartstrings. We all felt something for Tedesco, you know. I was surprised that not many people selected Felix Magath, and I understand why they didn't like him, but he won us our own only trophy this deck in the decade. Um, so there's something to that as well. Uh, that, but, that feels really bad when you say it like that. Our only trophy in the deck. We gotta uh, fix that. We gotta fix that in 2020, man. Yeah, yeah. He won our. No, I'm not gonna, yeah, we, we should change that. We should change that for sure. Um, but yeah, uh, I was also surprised with the forwards that. Uh, well, while Raul and Huntel are absolutely the right picks, I believe. Uh, as the Majora Asamoa, I, I would have thought it had had a lot more picks. Uh, it would have been a little bit closer, but I mean, what are you gonna do? when Raul and Huntelor, they were doing some magical stuff in the in the mid to mid twenty tens. So, um, yeah, it just uh, we long time since we had strikers like that, right? So, um, they miss that make us long for those great days uh, earlier in the decade. Yeah, but th- thanks again to everyone who uh, participated in that. I-, I think these were solid picks for the most part. I agree with the vast majority of them. That's what makes it fun. That's what makes the conversation fun week in and week out when we talk about the team. I'm sure there's a lot of people that would disagree with my um, preferred starting 11 this year currently, <laughs> um, which we'll get to in a little bit. Uh, so, uh, I mean, yeah, I-, I value the conversation. We always love your feedback on those sort of things. So uh, that, was- that was a fun thing to do to wrap up the decade. Yeah, and uh, thank you for sure also to Shaka US and Shaka for um, jumping on with us and 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 helping us with this poll. Um, it certainly got a lot of people involved, and uh, we you know it was, it was great great to get the response that we did from the fans. Uh, absolutely. So that again is our team of the decade: goaltender Ralph Fairman, right back Uchida, center back combination of Nalda Hovides, left back Kolasnic. Uh, you had a midfield of Farfan, Rakitic, Goretzka, Leroy Sané, and then there's strike pair of Raul and Huntelar, and your manager of the decade, Hoob Stevens. Uh, tell us what you thought at Schalke America on Twitter and Instagram. Yes, Jack, we are on Instagram now and Facebook. Love it. Got to get over to the gram. We got we to gotta start checking that out. We got to get some posts going. So um, maybe we can start doing some, uh, some updates on there more consistently. Maybe, maybe some photos of us. Hey, you know what we look like, right? Yeah. We, we, got, we got a good looking guy over here in Richard Carmen. We got we to gotta get you some, some FaceTime. We got to start your career here, your modeling career. <laughs> Could be well, an influencer me, in no time. Uh, you tell me we both don't look like Irwin the mascot? <laughs> man, I hope not. That might be true, but I hope not. <laughs> oh man. Okay. Well, before we get to the midseason awards, uh, let's get into some news. Uh, we had a interesting winter uh, pause, Jack. Um, I guess let's start with the most recent rumor, or the uh, I guess it's not a rumor. I guess it's official, not official. Um, Jean Claire Todibo was spotted in uh, Dusseldorf yesterday or today. Um, the, the rumor is it's a loan with a possible buyout clause. Uh, a lot of teams were interested in this young center back from Barcelona. 
A lot of talent. He's still very raw, but I mean, we just had we just got one right. Ozan Kabak. He's turning out to be a beast thus far. It's still early, um, but you know, Todibo. If you know, uh, Joaquin Snyder is obviously trying to get a buyout clause in this um, after the loan because they think highly of this of this young player. What are your thoughts on the on the on the signing of Todibo? Yeah, not somebody that I was particularly familiar with uh, prior to this. Um, I have a friend who's a Barca fan, so sometimes I hear a little bit about the stuff that's going on behind the scenes there. But, um, I, I mean, the injury trouble at, at that position is well documented uh, in, in the Hindrinder. So any any reinforcements we can get there um, would be great. I, I'm a little bit surprised that Barcelona was willing to loan us another player given After the minimal Miranda. game. Yeah, I mean, the minimal <laughs> game time that Morata it, it took like... And he it played two a, friendlies. <laughs> yeah, it, it took Ochipka having to move to center back to get that guy some minutes. Um, so I'm surprised they were that willing. But, um, I mean, it sounds like he's a really promising young player, somebody that Barcelona kind of want to hold on to um, long-term potentially. So, uh, yeah, I, I think that would be great. I'm looking forward to seeing him in action. So my understanding is that he's already we've already agreed to personal terms with him. He's at the club right now. I think right. the final thing we were waiting on was whether or not, like, you know, there was going to be that – um, that buyout clause in there, um, the option to buy. Uh, I think that was what we were arguing with Barcelona about. But um, anyway, it sounds like he's going to be in the squad probably for uh, the Rook Rinder here, so I'm excited about that. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think uh, we've done a good job with the new regime so far with, with the few signings we have made. They look pretty promising. Yeah, 100%. And someone else we're adding to the regime uh, is Gregorich from... Oh my God! I'm drawing Aux- Augsburg, right? Where was he? Where do you play at? Yeah, <laughs> I think I would know this, right? Uh, pre-pod. Uh, welcome back from the the winter break, right? Uh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Gregor Rich, uh, he joined us um, last week, and he got his first game uh, against Hamburg, where he scored his first goal. Um, we're obviously lacking in goals and, and the striker position. I mean, there's, this is a very contentious signing. Well, not signing, but you know, there was no, there's no. Debate that we were looking for a striker that the Shaka were looking for a striker going into the into the winter break, and then you know some of us were saying, "Hey, we already have a striker. Why don't you just play him?" Uh, but we we knew that we were lacking goals. You know, Bergsutter had nothing, uh, and we weren't getting any contributions from anybody else. You know, Robbie Montano had a goal here and there, and and Katucci had a goal. But other than that, I mean, we were really getting nothing from the strikers. It was our midfield uh, that was really carrying us from the goal department. So uh, Gregorich is a proven goal scorer in the Bundesliga. Uh, he's always tormented us whenever he's played us, uh, and so I was fine with the signing. Actually, they got him fairly a, a fairly good deal. I think it's a loan, six month loan, no option to buy, but it's a body. It's a, someone who's a consistent scorer in the Bundesliga, and he's already scored in in, uh, in his first game uh, in the friendly against Hamburg. So, what were your thoughts? Or what are your thoughts on on the signing of um, or the loan of Gregorich? Yeah, I like it. I mean, we definitely need help up top. I think if you look at our our, our stats, the two main ones, you know, goals goals scored, goals conceded, uh, relative to the other teams near the top of the table, I think you'll find that our defensive stats in that regard are are, are pretty solid and pretty comparable to those teams, but we're lacking behind significantly in our goal production. Um, and so, you know, y- you worry whether or not we can maintain – uh, our table position without an increase in the goal scoring department. This season so far for me has had a, a somewhat similar feel to that first Tedesco season where we've been finding a way to grind out results where we haven't always played particularly well, or at least we haven't, you know, I mean, I think we've played pretty good in a lot of games this season. We've looked, we've looked better. The brand of football has been better, but you, you know what I mean? There's a lot of games under Tedesco where 
Yeah. It's a draw and we find a way to win or it, it's a loss and we find a way to turn that into a draw. And so, the, I mean, we, we were picking up points in games where we never were really super convincing. And I feel like that's kind of been the case. And so, I mean, we definitely need help um, in the goal scoring department. Just 29 goals scored uh, in the Hinrunda compared to Dortmund's 41, Bayern's 46, Leipzig's 48. And then even Gladbach is about four ahead of us at... At 33, so uh, that would be very useful. Gregorich, uh, kind of a strange season for him. Only six appearances, I believe, in the entire first half. I could be wrong about that, but very limited minutes this year, and I don't think it's all been injuries or anything either. I think he just hasn't He's had trouble breaking into the squad, uh, which is strange because in the past he's been a very consistent player, played you know um, a lot of appearances for, for Hamburg and, and Augsburg over the past few seasons. Back in 2017-18, had 13 goals and, and two assists for Augsburg, so a very good season there. So definitely a player that has shown that he can contribute um, in the past, just hasn't done that for whatever reason this season. Um, so yeah, I think it's a good addition to take a gamble on him, um, see if he can break into the squad and, and, and help us out and kickstart that that attack. Because as you said, Bergstahler, zero goals in the Hinrunde, and that just, I mean, that, that's not going to get us where we need to be. Well, that is absolutely true, and uh, three other players uh, suffered also because uh, it wasn't just Berkshire not scoring goals. Fabian Riza, uh, Skripsky, and Uth all left uh, during the winter break. Um, Riza was a was a sale, and then Skripsky and Uth were both loan deals. I know Uth went to Cologne, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Skripsky went to do you, do you know where Dusseldorf. Dusseldorf. Okay, it was Dusseldorf. I wasn't I wasn't sure of that. And where did Fabian Riza go? Uh, he went to Holston Kiel. Oh, okay. Actually, yeah. Zweite Bundesliga. Still in the Zweite Bundesliga? Yeah. I think, and if I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about this. I think that's actually where he started his youth career prior to going to Schalke. Oh, okay. So he's making a return to kind of hit the beginning. Uh, so hopefully he's able to get some momentum. He's been a player that's been kind of on on the periphery, almost breaking in a couple times. He'll get a game every once in a while, just really hasn't been able to make that imp- that uh, the impression we've been looking for. He was out at uh, Karlsruhe before and then grew to Firth last season. Um, so best wishes to him, and, and hopefully he can get some momentum and, and get something going because he's, you know, he's still 22. Yeah, he's young still guy. very young and, and definitely talented. So. What are your thoughts on Skripsky and Ut going on on loan? I'm fine with it. I mean, we need help up top, but I don't think those guys are going to be the people that do it. Um, I do feel a little bit bad for Skripsky, just given that I don't think he had a lot of opportunities in the first half to prove himself. Um, Whereas somebody like Ut, you could say, you know, he had his chances and it just wasn't happening for him. So um, maybe a change of scenery. He can go out and and help, uh, help Cologne. Um, and I believe he has a he has a, a clause in his contract that prohibits him from playing um, against Schalke. Um, and I, I forgot who it was. I apologize if you're listening to this, and I'm not giving you credit on Twitter. I, I apologize. I don't remember who tweeted out, but somebody retweeted that that the tweet with that information, um, saying you know like Oot can't play against Schalke, and then uh, the person said uh, advantage Cologne, <laughs> 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 which I think is probably how we all feel. I mean, yeah, listen. I mean, we we've talked about Margot a bunch on this podcast. Just somebody we had high hopes for, and just has not been able to. Um, make good on that, but you know, once again, somebody that 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 seems to you know work hard, and um, you can tell when he scored, you know, one of his goals last season, how much it meant to him. Yeah, to do that. So yeah, not not somebody you wish any ill or anything. So he probably would can help a, them out. He'd probably make a good strike tandem with uh, Simon Taroto, uh, who hasn't really clicked it yet in the Bundesliga. He was a terror in and spite the Bundesliga, you know, with the records and stuff that he that he had down there. But uh, maybe having a guy like Uth there play off of him. Uh, can free him up a little bit and, get, and he can get some goal scoring going. Uh, hopefully not at our expense. 
Um, and I'm fine with the two moves as well. You know, it, it doesn't bother me. Both guys weren't really contributing at all uh, for us. So, you know, let's send them off somewhere. Maybe they can uh, regain some confidence and, and some magic back. We'll see what happens. Um, Mark Ut is not going to be alone in terms of Schalke, I guess, if you want to say it, at Cologne. Um, rumor is Benedict Hovides might be joining Cologne. So you may have uh, two Schalke players, even though they never play with each other, uh, both at the same club. So it'll be interesting to you know, see that in him and see Hovides back in the Bundesliga if that does come to fruition. We'll see. It's uh, it's all rumor at this point. But, um, yeah, it'd be at least for me, I, I don't know you, Jack, but it would be, be nice to see Hovides again. Um, maybe maybe not, not doing so well against us, but, I mean, hey, it, it's a friendly face. It's one that obviously the fans still ha- hold dear to them uh, when they selected him at a, as our center back for the decade. The other one I just wanted to mention real quick, because, after all, this is Schalke America, and you know hey, our, our, our American bias is well known. Uh, and forgive me in advance if I butcher this last name because I've actually never put in the effort to learning uh-huh. it. Um, young Mr. Nick Tytog or Tytogu, however you want to pronounce it. Um, I don't know if it's official that he is now a part of the first team squad, but he was in Spain. Yes, he was with the first team. I believe he played in the friendly too. Came on late, um, so maybe he's making that a permanent move. So this is somebody that's been on on the books in the Schalke youth system for a few seasons now, and yep. somebody that's been on the radar of U.S. men's national team supporters for a number of seasons because of his you know his unique sort of technical skill set. Um, he's just had a you know a series of injury troubles. That have really been kind of stunting his development and his progress. Um, he's also a little bit undersized. Maybe that has something to do with it. But um, somebody, certainly somebody who who seems to have a lot of talent and, and a decent amount of potential. Um, very good friends with Weston McKinney yep. as well, which I'm sure is helping his cause. But that was nice to see him get a call up. And um, if he stays with the first team, I think that would be uh, really interesting. Um, and obviously, uh, you know, I'm rooting for him for him personally. So another another you know creative attacking midfield type person um, who can play on the wing or you know maybe play a little bit centrally to boost the attack potentially if he gets an opportunity. So that was that was cool news. Yeah, very exciting news. And there's another American coming up and, I, and his name is escaping me at the moment. Uh, you know, both of them were doing well in, in the youth team. But um yeah, I'm gonna see Nick, uh Virginia boy, uh, getting a call up to the senior squad, at least for the training camp. We'll see if he stays with the Rook Runda. Uh we'll keep a close tabs on that for sure as we are shock Americans, right? Um so you know that's been the the big news really during the winter pausa. Um yeah, I, don't th- I think that was. Oh, that and Nubel. Nubel. Oh, yes. How yeah, that's probably the biggest Nubel? thing. If we, I forget if we talked about that prior to. We talked about it. I don't remember what length it was because it felt like it was so long ago. It felt like a month ago. <laughs> it probably was a month ago. Yeah, so Nubel's going to Bayern, right? Um, the, the big point of conversation was uh, is he going to be stripped of the captaincy? Anyhow. Is, is Schubert going to start? Second half. I think you and I were both in agreement saying that he should be stripped of the captaincy and we should make every effort possible um to give schubert all the minutes we can um as long as the performances are meriting that right we don't want to um give him minutes if he's playing horribly and it's affecting the performance of the team because we have goals that we want to achieve but um but yeah so i mean disappointing but i think we all kind of knew that was probably going to be the result usually when byron goes after a player they they tend to kind of get their man um the wrinkle that was interesting to it is just that the fact that manuel neuer has essentially publicly stated that he has no interest in, in sharing matches with Nubel or stepping aside anytime soon. He wants to play every match, whether it's Bundesliga, you know, a DFB Pokal game or, you know, whatever. Um, he's a competitor and he wants to play every game. Um, and so, you know, I was questioning, 
is this even a smart move for Newbel at this point? You know, Man Miller's getting older. There's a very good chance that he might move on from Bayern in a couple seasons or be forced out or whatever. Why not play with Schalke where you're going to get guaranteed minutes for a couple seasons, continue to grow, and then make that move when when there's an opportunity for you to slide right into the starting lineup rather than go there now, maybe get limited matches, which could hurt your development, that sort of thing. So I thought it was curious. I, I did see a tweet recently, I don't know if this was verified or not, that suggested that he may have negotiated like a minimum of 15 games into his contract. Which, if that's smart. the case, and he's done that, good for him and smart for him, and that'll be funny to see how Neuer <laughs> handles that, but he's guaranteeing himself match minutes. So, um, overall, you know, disappointing to lose a player so shortly after we um, he started playing for us, because I think you would agree as well that he hasn't been, like, phenomenal, right? Like, I mean, he's, he's, yeah. he's been good, but he's not, like, you know, a world-class keeper at this point. So the fact that we have, you know, Bundesliga powerhouses coming after him so soon is a little bit frustrating, but um, these things happen. We're well-versed in it. Um, it's yet another free transfer, which is disappointing, but, um, you know, what are you going to do? Yeah, and so a couple things happen. Uh, the deal doesn't go into effect until uh, the, the following season. Uh, so what the first thing that's happened is that he was stripped of captaincy already. Uh, Omar Mascarell has been named the captain of the squad going forward. Uh, and we, we know obviously Schubert had, had, had started a bunch of uh, games at the end of this, uh, end of the Henrunda because of the suspension to Nubel. And then Schubert's been playing nonstop pretty much during the training camp and then especially the game against Hamburg. So I, you know, obviously I think there's maybe one or two more games left on that suspension for Nubel to start the Rook Runda, but um, you know, and barring any ca- uh, catastrophic performances by him, it should be Schubert at least for the majority of the time, if not all the time, going forward. I hope uh, we want to see what this guy can do. And you know, like you said, if if it does start causing the team some games and stuff, then yeah, bring back Nubel in. But you know, let the kid who's gonna have the who's gonna have the reins going forward, let him get some opportunity, and get some game time, because that's how you get better as a goalkeeper or a player in general is getting on the pitch and practicing, basically. So uh, hopefully, we get to see him here going through. Yeah, 100%. Listen, we're in fifth place right now. Uh, we have a chance of making the Champions League. That needs to be a priority. Um, if for some reason he starts performing poorly and it's affecting those results and our ability to qualify for that, then I think we need to put this kind of stuff aside and, and play Nubel if he's going to get us better results. But, I mean, so far through the first couple appearances of Schubert, I don't think there's been much of a discernible difference between the two players. I think Schubert's played pretty well for the most part. Yeah. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm fully confident that he's going to continue that and it's not even going to be an issue going forward. But, um, yeah, uh, hopefully that's the case. Uh, as for Mascarell getting the captaincy, a little bit more of a senior player. I'm totally fine with that. Uh, the thing that I that I thought was interesting, though, is that Harit came out on Twitter I saw that. Uh, and, and said, like, oh, I, I thought it could have been me. And he was kind of, like, joking. So maybe it was him expressing a little bit of frustration in a lighthearted manner. But the fact that he said that I think is enormously positive. Um, because yeah. we know that he just extended his contract. He said he said some very nice things about Schalke sticking with him and him running to repay that. So now, you know, the fact that he's expressing, even if it's in a you know partially joking manner, that he he would have been interested in the captaincy of the team, I think it's a tremendously positive thing about how he feels about the club and his role and how seriously he's taking things. So that's great. I mean, if we can continue to have him buying into that extent and putting up the performances he did in the first half, I think we're going to be in good shape. Yeah, I think of uh, the stuff that he's saying and stuff, the stuff that he's doing on the pitch and off the pitch. If other players can feed into that as well, you know, Ramon, get him Ramon on the same page and everybody else. Uh, this could be a very you know tight knit group uh, who could do you know really good things going forward. We just got to get some more goals and, uh, but yeah, I like where we're going right now and uh, 
Since we are talking about the team, uh, it's a probably a good time to bring up the mid-season awards. Uh, we're going to, you know, pretty pretty standard awards that we've done in the past, and Jack and I are just going to wing it because we really didn't talk about this going forward. Um, so I'm curious to see how we both go, you know, get, go with this. Um, let's do, this is going to be interesting on the wing because you know, we're not doing any research or anything. We're just going to, you know, basically go, go on gut instinct. Uh, first one that comes to mind, best signing. Um, I'll let you take the floor first. <laughs> so, as always, yeah, as Richard just said, we didn't talk about this and set the parameters. So, I do have to ask a clarifying question: Are we talking permanent signing or loan signing, or both? Both. I think there's an argument to be made on the whole of the season so far that the answer to that question is John Joe Kenny. Yeah. Um, I think he faded a little bit in terms of some of his performances later in the season, but I think he got off to a very hot start and overall has been a tremendously positive um, loan. Signing for us, I think he's played very well. He's had a lot of nice things to say about the club, and uh, you know, I think the fans seem to like him as well. Uh, Schalke is interested in, in keeping him permanently. Um, it seems like that's going to be very difficult because there's a lot of clubs that are interested in, in him now after he's gotten minutes in Schalke and has played well. So I, I doubt that's going to be possible for us, but I, I think he's been an incredibly positive addition to the squad so far. Um, if not him, if we're talking permanent signings, I think it's got to be Kabak, right? Yeah. Um, just... I think exceeded everyone's expectations. Came in with a with with a good reputation and, and a lot of expectation on his shoulders, um, but I think probably played better than even we could have expected, um, given the circumstances. The guys, the guy's been, and we've talked about the last couple of podcasts because of the role he's played. But he's scoring goals. He's 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 involved in some of the transitional play in the middle middle of the pitch in terms of his passing and everything. And and then just rock solid defensively as well. Made a couple incredible tackles, saving good opportunities in the box. I mean, he's been a complete player, both ends of the pitch, um, really doing a great job so far and has been tremendously impressive. So the fact that we were able to to beat a couple of the big clubs out for his signature, I think, is 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 massive. Yeah, and you know, and, and the only thing I can hope for, and, and I'm glad that Schalke are trying to go for him, you know, uh, trying to uh, buy his services, but... Only thing we can hope is that he loves to hear Shalka so much that he's gonna, you know, go to Everton and be like, "Look, hey, you gotta sell, you gotta sell me to Shalka." Um, that's the only thing we can hope. It's happened in the past with other teams and other players, but we'll see. But yeah, you know, it's it's I'm there with you both. I think it's John Joe Kenny and Ozan Kabak. You know, you can flip a coin really. Who is most impact? John Joe Kenny mostly in the beginning, of the season, beginning of the, of the uh, Henrunda, and then Ozan Kabak, and then more in the latter half. But both players are really uh, a key key reason why we're playing so well, at least offensively and even offensively. Both you know both contributing to goals and assists. So um, yeah, those two players. I mean, you, I guess some people might say I mean Harik because he was really non you know pretty uh, had a disappearing act last year with, after everything he went through. But um, yeah, Ozan Kabak and John Joe Kenny, I think yeah, you're talking about actual signings. Uh, one's a loan, one's a one's a purchase. Uh, those were two players who are playing so. Uh, much more than we we thought was going to happen. Obviously, Kabak had the, like you mentioned, had all the hype. But you know, there's there's hype, and then there's actually playing. And he's actually starting to play now, like you know how um, the whole hype was about. And John Joe Kenny, you know, I, I didn't know too much about. I knew he was a decent player, but uh, you know, seeing him in, with Shaka, it's kind of like we have a right we have a right back now, and, and he can go up the pitch and and take those attempts. But he also has some plays defensively as well. So. Um, yeah, I, I can't argue with there too much. With, I can't argue at all with you on, the, on those selections, Jack. Great. Uh, next up, best match of the season thus far. Oh man! So I interpreted this as as um, like best match in terms of like a spectacle. 
Okay. Um, and I'm going to say best performance. I think we usually do that can either be a team performance or individual performance. So, um, when I say best match, I don't mean like the best performance from Schalke, but I'm going to go with, um, what match day was that? I should know this. Um, well, I think it was match day 10, maybe, um, away at Augsburg. And that is the match that finished 3-2 yes. um, in Schalke's favor uh, after an 82nd-minute goal from um, Amin Arit. Uh, fell behind on two different occasions and then came back to win this game. So we lined up in this game um, in a uh, 4-4-2 diamond, I believe. And this was the first pairing or one of the – either the first pairing or one of the first pairings of, of Ozan Kabak and, and Salif Sané. Uh, I, I believe in the starting lineup together. Unfortunately, this is the game where Salif Sane was injured after just nine minutes. So we didn't really get to see how that was going to turn out. McKenney slotted back into center back, I believe, and we brought on Daniel Caligiuri. And so that allowed us to maintain our 4-4-2 diamond shape, I think. Um, Daniel Beyer, who somehow always scores against us. Uh-huh. I don't understand it. Um, scored in the 38th minute. Uh, we, I think it was, was it Licksteiner with the own goal? Uh, After that, yes. that sounds right. Yeah. Stefan Lichsteiner, who I didn't even know was at Augsburg. I missed that news uh, with the own goal. Um, and then uh, Finn Bogason on a penalty uh, pulled it back for Augsburg in the 60th minute. But then Ozan Kabak uh, scored his first goal of the season off of a free kick from Daniel Caligiuri. Um Daniel Caligiuri had the, uh, the free kick that I think led to that own goal as well earlier so big game for him too but that was Kabak kind of announcing himself and then of course uh Amin Harit as he does bailing us out numerous times this year in the 82nd minute to pull that one ahead so that was that was a pretty incredible game to watch I was actually watching that at the at the Niedersachsen Social Club as well with uh, the Royal Blue Tornado which is the uh sort of the German Schalke supporters group in Chicago so that was a special day for that yeah. reason too that, that's that's my pick I thought that was a pretty incredible game so I had uh, that's a very good game I remember that game vividly uh, but uh, two games that stuck out to me, uh, first match day six, uh, we beat the now first place uh, RB Leipzig uh, yeah. 3-1. Uh, we came out with a goal. Salif Sane had a goal early on in the game. Hari got a penalty just before halftime. Robbie Matando got a goal, added to the lead just after halftime, and then uh, Forsberg got a late goal. But we pretty much dominated that game, um, and that was a great performance, I thought, at the time. We weren't sure either about both teams. We knew Leipzig was good, but we weren't sure yet what, how, what kind of team we would be. Uh, we were riding a uh, a little bit of a win streak at that point. Uh, I think it was three games going into that game, so uh, we were hoping that we were going to continue the, the the good form, and we did. Uh, and then the other game that jumps out at me is match week four against Paderborn, the five one, uh, just demolishing of them. Uh, we saw goals from San. They started out with the score. And I remember that game because they scored it. They scored really early in the game. We're like, oh shit, here we go. And then Sane scored to equalize in the 33rd. Sergio scored just after halftime. I mean, Harit got a brace, and our man Ahmed Katuchu uh, got on in the action as well. So 5-1 victory there. So that's probably my match. My, those are two, my two matches that stuck out to me um, in the Henrunda. Yeah, that's a good shot, too. Uh-huh. Most disappointing match. And that could go from different ways. So you can ways either you can look at it as you know we just got embarrassed, or a game where you thought we were going to get an outcome and just we didn't get an outcome. So I, th- I think the more recent one would be the uh, the Dusseldorf draw match day eleven, three three, which was three three, a game that I think we agreed we probably should have won. Yeah, and we were really frustrated to keep conceding in that game. Um, I'm actually gonna, and this is gonna probably seem silly just because of the opponent, but I'm actually gonna go with the Bayern game match day two three nil. 
Um, just because I feel like in that game, obviously some Lewandowski magic, but the scoreline does not accurately reflect the balance of play, particularly in the second half yeah. with the introduction of Katuchu, how well we played, how close we came to scoring. Um, two penalties, two stone-cold penalties, in my opinion, on Bayern that were not called. Don't know how. Um, but, you know, just very obvious live and on the replay that those should have been called, in my opinion. So w- what looks like a comprehensive 3-0 win on paper for Bayern Munich, I, I mean, in my opinion, didn't really go that way. And so, uh, I mean, that, that, that's why Bayern Munich is Bayern Munich. If you give them opportunities, they're going to hurt you, especially when they got players like Lewandowski playing out of their skin. So but that was just one where I felt like we could have made a statement early in the season. With I'm not saying we could have, like, won that game necessarily, but, you know, I I, I think we could have put them a little bit on, more under pressure than perhaps we ultimately did. So that was disappointing for me. Yeah, no, that, that was definitely that was going to be my pick. And then you picked it. I was like, I got to find something else. Um, but no, certainly that Byron game, uh, one that jumps out, uh, jumps out on the paper for me. Um, two other games that were back-to-back, kind of coming off of that Leipzig win. We're on a four-game win streak. We go to Cologne, our bogey team. Uh, we're winning that we're winning the game one nothing for most of the game, but we're not. We have all these opportunities, and we're not putting in the back net to extend the lead. And Jonas Hector ties it up in the like 90th minute or 91st minute or something crazy. That's and a good pick. That was a draw. I'm like, are you kidding me? And then we followed that up uh, with a two nothing loss to Hoffenheim the week after, where we thought we would have had a good opportunity to bounce back, and we just played terribly in that game. I thought uh, Kramerich had a goal, and and Bibu had a goal. Uh, yeah, that, those two games back-to-back were so disappointing to me after we had that four-game win streak. I was just like, oh, are you kidding me? Come on. Because we were – those are two games I think we had a chance to go first in the table, and both we blew that. Definitely the Cologne match, and I think we still had a chance uh, with the Hoffenheim if had we won, and we didn't do it there either. Yeah, that's a good shout, just because I think that was a game that you and I were watching it, and we're like we, – we've seen that movie so many times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where we're playing well. We just can't, for some reason, get the cushion we need. And we just knew that there was an equalizer coming. And then, of course, it happens from, you know, club legend. So um, that's a good shout. All right. Next is best performance. Uh, and you can take it any way you want. So, yeah, I'm going to do team performance for this one. And okay. I'm going to do the game that you picked earlier as uh, best match. I'm going to go with, with Leipzig. I mean, that was, uh, you know, that, that current, current league leaders, right? Yeah. Um, they've had a phenomenal season. Um, it, it's a difficult opponent on the road. And we came in, and I mean, I thought we manhandled him, man. I mean, uh, 4-4-2 diamond in that game. Uh, the pressing from, I believe it was a combination of Bergstahler and Robbie Matondo on the opposition center backs was phenomenal. And then you had Serdar and McKinney closing out you know, the fullbacks when they get the ball funneled out to him. I mean, we, we put them under pressure so much early into that match. Um, took advantage of our opportunities. I mean, the, the goal that they scored, that was the Nubu mistake, right? It was that long-range effort from the box that, that hit him in the hands yeah, that yeah. he just dropped. So, like, they didn't even score what you could call sort of like a, a typical, like, you know, like, like a quote-unquote good goal, right? It was just kind of a long-range effort that Nubu made a made an error on. Um, so it was a really, to me, a pretty, pretty dominant performance. Um, and def- I think that was the moment a lot of us were like, okay, like Wagner – maybe knows what he's doing a little bit, right? Because we had beaten Hertha 3-0, but a couple own goals in that game or whatever. Uh, we beat we beat Paderborn 5-1, but it's, you know, it's Paderborn. Not a lot you can make from that. And then, you know, we had beaten Mainz 2-1, and you're kind of like, okay, whatever. That that Leipzig game for me on the road was the game where we're like, okay, we got something going on here. Um, and then, of course, you love to see Robbie Matondo. I think that was his first goal for Schalke. Yeah. And he, he took that so calmly yeah on the breakaway a lot of space didn't choke you know with how much time he had he, i mean he, he he finished that as if he had been scoring that kind of goal his entire career so um to me that was the best performance 
Uh, yeah, ooh, with best performance, I've always, I was always going to lean towards an Amin Harit uh, game. And I think the game that really, you know, got me going uh, this season was uh, the Mainz matchup where he yep. gets an assist at her, uh, to Serdar early in the game, and then he left it late. Uh, they were they had they leveled it around the you know 75th minute or so, uh, and looked like we were going to draw with Mainz. Uh, we were going to be disappointed. And he came in with like last minute of the game, and got the beautiful goal, uh, the the wonderful curler with the outside of his foot, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, maybe that was the Oxford match, one of those two games. But that game against Mainz, he got the late winner, uh, and that was the first of his of his late winners. And I think he had one against Augsburg as well. So um, that performance against Mainz, though, I think that was my best performance for him, just because he was. A, Putting his fingers all his his name was all over the foot, you know, the fingerprints for the game the season thus far up to that point. But then that game really sealed it. He's like, "This is my team. I'm taking over." And uh, that you know, with the assist and the goal there, it was just beautiful to watch. And that transitioned nicely into uh, best goal, and that's yeah. the goal I'm going to pick personally. Okay. Um. Yeah. So as, as you say, you know, it's one one late in the game, not stoppage time yet. I don't think, but close to it. Um. And this is a game. But we, I think we all felt like we should have won, and it was kind of frustrating. And then, you know, Hurry just comes up with a moment of magic, gets the ball top right side of the box, gets around his defender, and, and then hits this with his right foot, despite kind of running left. He hits it with the outside of his right foot and curls it, um, like, left to right um, and gets it just inside that far post and beats the keeper. I mean, it's it's a goal that gets better every watch at the amount of skill that, that took. It's just absolute filth from him. And then, obviously, coming up, in the clutch, like you said, um, I, th- I think that goal kind of like typifies what we've been about this season. Maybe not always the most convincing, but um, that that spirit that we love to see from the team um, coming through in key moments, and then Harit just you know doing dirty things because he is a dirty, dirty man. <laughs> uh, my goal of the week, and that's a that's a great goal. And I, I mean, I come on, his 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 play for that that Raman goal in the friendly was filthy. It was in it's the box. It was embarrassing. Like, embarrassed that guy. Uh, but my goal, as much as I wanted that to be my goal, of the uh, my best goal. I think my best goal went to Benito Roman against Union Berlin with that freaking rocket top shelf. Uh, okay. What a goal! I think that it might have been. It might have been the first goal of the season. I, I can't remember, but uh, what a rocket against him! That was just nobody in the world is going to stop that. Um, I, I had to pick something else other than Harit, and that was a beautiful shot. That's still for me the goal of the year. Uh, for Schalke and with a very close Harit second, but both those goals are just freaking filthy. Um, Harit just a filthy player in general, but uh, that goal for Roman just he he got that volley just perfect. I mean, there's no way anyone's gonna stop that. This is good. We haven't picked the same stuff or everything yet. This is a good conversation then. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, comeback player. That's an interesting one. Why don't you take this one first, just so I can get your frame of mind of what you were trying to go after with this? All right, comeback player. So. You know, so many people to choose from um, and so many people not to choose as well. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to say it's a toss-up for me between Omar Mascarell, who was really irrelevant last year for us and became such a pivotal player for us in the six, as well as Bastian Shipka really last year was kind of had a little bit of a down year. Um, you know, obviously, he had a injury, big injury, so it took him a while to come back. But, you know, both those players, I think, you know, came back this season and they kind of – Chip goes back to where we remember him being uh, bombing down the left wing and, and getting, getting the assist, you know, wonderful free kicks. But Omar Mascarell, I mean, like I said, when we signed him, we thought he was going to be something good because he came from Real Madrid but did nothing really to prove that, you know, he was worthy of, the, of that signing. We were wondering if that was even a good signing at all. 
Uh, but this season, he's just taken over that sixth position. He's really, you know, been the quarterback pulling the strings of the of the plays, and now he's our captain. And for good reason. No one's really arguing that arguing that call. So um, Omar Mascarell, I think, is going to be the slight edge over for me. Um, just what a what a way to to staple a position to your own. You know, there's so much influx going into the season. So the new manager and and players moving this and that, and he just took control of that and made it his own. Yeah, I think that's a good shout. You and I might end up doing this one and the next one kind of in reverse order potentially. But so okay. for comeback player, the way I'm going to inter- I'm going to give this to Harit um, because oh, yeah, yeah. if you say comeback to me, that that suggests that like he was here at one point, um, whereas as I think Mascarell was never here in terms of like great play. So you know Harit, obviously his first season with us as we signed him. Um, First on the scene, looked really good. Most fouled player in the Bundesliga. Had a lot of big performances, you know, in the 4-4 against Dortmund. I mean, all, all kinds of stuff. Like, really exciting player. And then second season under Tedesco, disciplinary issues, the personal life stuff after the incident in Morocco post-World Cup, all this kind of thing. You know, barely featured for the team last season. Weren't sure if his career was over in general, if it was just over at Schalke, what was going on. David Wagner's brought him back into the fold. He's bought in. He's just signed a contract extension, and he's been absolutely on fire so far early this season and easily I think our most important player. So I'm going to go with Amin Harit for comeback player of the year. And I'm, I'm very happy to, uh, to say that that's the case. Yeah, that's a, that's a great shot right there. Um, I mean, honestly, yeah, that, he has comeback player of the year. After all he's gone, really gone through, I think you sold me on that. Uh, he certainly had a, after all he went through really, um, and down season he had, he easily could have folded and just, you know, and quit it, but he didn't, he kept at it. He got the confidence from the manager and the team, and now he's having he's reaping the benefits. We're reaping the benefits, uh, and as a result, so that's a that's a great shout. And then most improved, um, yeah. I, I mean, I know where you're gonna go with it now. Um, yeah, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say I mean Harit. <laughs> you're right. We're gonna flip flop. Um, <laughs> Why don't we just say Harit's the comeback player and Mascarell's the most improved player? I I, I like that. I okay, like that. let's do that. I yeah. Like that. We don't have to. We don't have to uh, sit our cases anymore. We kind of did it in the last segment. So yeah, yeah. I, I still got to do a deep dive into Mascarell stats to see if there's stuff that is sort of in the spreadsheets that I'm not really seeing when I'm watching it live. But uh, yeah, a, a, a player that we that we liked coming in, but then didn't really perform, and now this season has, has become a very, very competent, um, you know, six for us. So uh, oh. hopefully he, he keeps that going. Abel, if you're listening, reach out to Jack. Hook him up, man. <laughs> yeah, seriously. We need, we, need, we need to have him on this season at some we point. Do. Get we Abel do. on here and have him uh, tell us why we're wrong about everything. Maybe we can do it in Hungarian. No, I, I, would not <laughs> to, I cannot do that. No, you can't do this. So. <laughs> um, best creative player? You know, I want to say it's Harit. It is Harit. It is Harit. But for argument's sake, I'm just going to say Swat Serdar. Yep. He's, he's, he's a fair, argue, fair shot for most improved and, and comeback player of the year as well because he, you know, he had so much hype about him and he didn't really do much. He did, at the end of the season, he, had, he came on very strong. And he kind of built on that this season in the Hinrunda at least. Uh, got stronger as the as as half went through. Um, and he started creating a lot more opportunities, but a lot of it was caused because of Amin Harit. Uh, but I'm going to give this shot just you know, to give some love, spread the love a little bit to Swat Serdar. Yeah, that, that's where I was going to go with it as well. We can't give Harit uh, everything. Sorry, bud. Um, <laughs> although we'd, we'd certainly like to. Uh, but yeah, Serdar, um, another guy, you know, signing that we that we thought highly of coming in, didn't really have the best start to us, kind of came on late last season, and then this season has really kept that momentum going, and he's been he's been excellent. Um, and I think you've been seeing this season why he's he's been a player that was you know involved with Germany at, at the youth level um, internationally. Um, and, and has the potential to break into that 
um, that first team going forward. Very, very, very good midfielder um, and has done some really good things going forward for us. So uh, pleased that he's in excellent form. And yeah, I think he's a good shout for best creative player. Now, I think the next one, super sub, we both agree 100%. Let's go. Guido Bergstaller. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> it's the free Katuchu's Hamid Katuchu, the guy we've been preaching to start the freaking all season long. Anytime he came on the pitch, he just did magic out there, whether it's goals or assists. He impacted games immediately. I can't think of anybody else on the team who could, who had an impact like, like Katuchu Jack. I, I mean, obviously limited sample size, but if you look at his like attacking radar, um, it's it's significantly better than literally any other striker we have, and that includes Benito Raman and everything. I mean, like it 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 just is. Like I mean, in terms of his, um, you know, his xG per ninety, his his xG chain, his key passes, that sort of thing. I mean, like he's he's really good, and uh, there's nothing I can say that we haven't said already. But I think without a doubt, every time he's come onto the pitch, pretty much, which hasn't happened as much as we like, but every time he gets that cameo, he almost always. Seems to make an impact. So, um, and then he finished. He finished the hindrance well, right, with that late goal. Yeah, um, which was a pretty phenomenal strike. So, hopefully, Kitucci is freed in 2020. We will see. Let's hope. Let's hope. Uh, and on that note, if you guys know, at least you guys who are listening from the from the states. Where can I get an Ahmed Katuchu jersey? Let me know because I tried to shout the store US and I could not find it there. Uh, I know our friend Matthew Karagich over in Australia got one. Uh, kudos to you, man. But uh, I need to get me my hands on one of them, and I'll, I'll, fly, I'll fly to Germany if I have to. I got a Weston McKinney jersey coming in the mail. I should be here in the next couple of days, but uh, I want that Katucha jersey as well. So They don't have an option for that in the U.S. store? No, sadly. It's very limited. Get yeah, on it. Get on yeah, it, team. We, we, we got we to gotta talk to our contacts over to get that fixed. That's, that's a, I mean, that's a free Katucha from the German store as well. Yeah, I mean, yeah. get him on the pitch and get him in, get him in America for sure. Yeah. They definitely have in the German store. I did just want, they won't sell it to someone in the U.S. Unfortunately, I'll have to gotcha. change my address or something. Anyway, <laughs> um, biggest surprise. I'm curious how you're going to go with this. We might be going the same way. Um, what is your biggest surprise? Yeah, this was a tough one for me. Um, Let me tell you mine. Yeah, go for it. So my biggest surprise, and it's no fault to his own, is Weston McKinney. Uh, we had a lot of high hopes for him to be, you know, a regular starter. Um, injuries, uh, not only to him, but to other players on the pitch and forced him to play different positions. And then the emergence of Swat Serder, um, uh, Mascarell, Caligiri came back in the fold as well. I mean, Hari was a spectacular season. They kind of pushed him out as well. And so we all had all this hope that he was going to be one of our main starters this year, leading the team. We still believe he needs to be on the pitch. But, you know, many factors contribute to him not getting as much pitch time as we, we were expecting. And uh, it's unfortunate because there's still talent there, and we're hoping he can still get get on the pitch uh, and he can get healthy and other guys can get healthy so he can get on the positions where he needs to be. But um, it's just a confluence of events with him and, and the other midfielders emerging, and it's kind of like hard. How do you take a hurry from a game or swear there? Or Caligiri now. Caligiri started really poorly and all of a sudden got really hot. And uh, then Mascarell, like I said, made, made the sixes position. So... Uh, that's my biggest surprise, and it's not really his fault. It's just a, a combination of things, and I don't know if uh, you know Wagner's trying, but it just for whatever reason it's not working for Wes McKinney at the moment. Hopefully, we can get him on the pitch and 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 start doing really big things for us. That's an interesting take on it. Um, I am going to go with Bergstaller. I got to mention McKinney. Oh, there you go. Hey, it's another one. So. I mean, I, I think if you would have asked anybody preseason how many goals he would have at the Winterpause, 
I don't think anyone would have said zero, barring injury. Um, I, I'm obviously not suggesting that he is a prolific goal scorer by any stretch of the imagination, but um, somebody that generally can finish the very good chances that he has in front of him, right? Um, not always going to create his own opportunities, that kind of thing. But, you know, basically, if you give Bergstauer a good opportunity, he's, he's usually going to finish it. Mm-hmm. That has not been the case this season. Um, I mean, no. we know what he is. We know what he brings to the team. And he's delivered all of that except for any ability up front to finish to finish shots. And ultimately, as I always say, it's kind of your job when you're up there. I mean, there's, there's other things that you can bring into your game. There's different kinds of of strikers and forwards that exist and they're, they're valid in different, in different systems with different emphasis on certain parts of the game. But at the end of the day, I think every striker basically has to score or has to be, you know, setting up goals. And I mean, he has like a couple assists, right. But I mean, just been absolutely brutal. I don't know if it's a mental thing or what's going on with him, it's but gotta be mental this point. yeah, yeah. Hopefully that turns around in the second half of the season. If he's getting minutes, um, I mean, obviously we all like Bergstahl, right? I mean, I don't think anyone dislikes him. It's just, you know, it, it's, it's gotten to the point where it's like, you can't play him. Yeah. You can't start him because we just, it's just, it's just not at the level that Schalke are aspiring to be at. So that's been the biggest surprise is how much he's fallen off in terms of his offensive production. Yeah, that's hundred percent. I, I like that shot. Um, cause you're right. You were expecting him to be one of our main goal scorers this year and he just is snake bitten like no other. And, uh, the confidence is not there. He's missing from like you know inside the six yard box and shooting over the net. I mean, the confidence is not there at the moment, and you know some some stellar goaltending against him as well is not you know doesn't help things. So, um, but yeah, uh, that's that's uh, that is a, a huge surprise. Unfortunately, uh, not in a good way for us. So um, yeah, I like that shot. Uh, one more big one before the starting eleven player of the year. I think it's pretty unanimous. Hurried, yeah, hurried. It's hurried. I mean. Looks watch any of the games he's played in. He's taken over. Look what he did against Hamburg, just destroying the defense and the goaltender uh, for the assist. This kid is back, and he's. I think he's probably better than he was before. Uh, he definitely is better than before. And um, now that he's got the extension with us. I, I'm. I'm happy. I know that that he's here for a long time, and uh, hopefully he can help. You know, take the team to new levels, meaning a consistency at the top, um, not just you know a, a season here or there. So. Um, I love what I see. He's bringing players along with him, you know, like Rahman and, and Serdar and some of the other guys. So, um, yeah, Harit, I think it's a no-brainer there. Yeah, I mean, definitely outperforming his XG, uh, which which makes you worried about whether or not he's going to be able to sustain these kind of performances in the second half. But he's he's been bringing more to the table than just scoring goals as well, right? So, And those things you would expect to be. Um, sustainable and able to carry over to the rook render here. So, uh, yeah, Harit been playing out of his skin. Um, massive part of our first half of the season. We definitely have fewer points without him. Come up in some some key moments for us. So, I think yeah, pretty easy decision there. Player the player of the first half. Now the starting eleven, our starting eleven for the for the Henrunda. Um, we might be unanimous on this, um, but I'm 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 gonna let you uh, do yours first. I'm curious uh, how you're gonna go with this. Which your preferred starting eleven should be based on uh, the team how they performed this first half of the season. So I really struggled this one with this one mostly because of um, the systems that we played. So generally, yeah. generally speaking, we we either played in a four-two-three-one, which is what we started the season in. Or we played in a in a four four two diamond. Um, I think there's a good good argument to be made for us playing in a four four two diamond in terms of the way we perform. But um, 
in terms of the players that I want to give credit to for what they've done this season, I felt like the four three one was more conducive to me putting those players on the pitch. So uh, that's the that's the that's the shape I'm going to go with in terms of selecting um, back to front. Uh, Newble and goal, obviously you can't give it to Schubert based on the couple of performances he's had. Um, Newble played. <laughs> Newble played. I thought uh, pretty well, pretty well for us this season. Um, both on the pitch and with his uh, podcast promo duties yes. for Shalk America. <laughs> um, Shalk America? Yeah. yeah, exactly, right? Um, prior to attempting to assassinate somebody um, on the on the field, um, that is. So, yeah, Newble and goal. Uh, John Joe Kenny at right back. Very pleased with that loan signing. Um, seems like a good kid and has been putting in some good performances. Um a lot of injury trouble with the center back position, right? Yeah. But I, I'm going to go with Salif Sane and Ozan Kabak as the center back pairing. A pairing we didn't really get to see yep. all that much. Um, and so maybe you have a different interpretation of how we're supposed to arrange this in terms of things that we actually saw on the pitch. But um, I, I think Sane was 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 very good um, prior to going down. And then Kabak has been just an absolute revelation for us, I think, since he got his opportunity. Um which would have been under better circumstances, but I think he's been great. So those are those two. Uh, Bastian Ochipka at left back. Um, and then 4 3 one the holding midfield pairing, I'm going to go with uh, Mascarell and Weston McKinney. Okay. Um, I know that McKinney is a controversial figure at times, and as you said earlier, in terms of biggest surprise with the disappointment, um, obviously got injured, and then you know I had to fill in at center back a number of times because of issues with with – with the uh, the fitness and depth of our squad there, um, um, I, I I still think that he's that he's an important player for us and brings some things to the table that other players don't bring in terms of um, you know his, his aerial presence um, uh, in the middle of the park and w- winning those second chances for us and everything. I, and I I look forward to him getting consistent minutes in in a in a position I think is better suited to him than center back, which is what he played a lot of. Uh, last season and then obviously at parts of the season too. So I'm going to go with that pairing. Um, right mid, I'm going to give that to uh, Dan or right winger, whatever you say. I'm going to give that to Daniel Calvary. Um Difficult start to the season, uh, but I think came back pretty well in the second half and, and started um, contributing the set piece delivery that that we come have come to expect from him. Not so much on corners, but on free kicks. I mean, the guy's just you know lethal. Um, couple assists this season and, and, um, has overall just played, I think, significantly better towards the end of the, uh, the hand render than, 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 than the beginning. Um, at the number 10 position, center attacking mid, Harit, um, don't need to say anything there. Uh, <laughs> can only be Harit. Um, left wing, not exactly where he plays most of the time. Um, I'm going to give this to Suat Serdar just because he has to be in the team. Um, I mean, I probably would have put him at like you know left center mid or left mid in a four four two diamond, right? Um, but in this shape, I'm gonna put him out there anyway. Even though sometimes I think it's maybe like Robbie Matondo who plays out there, even Harit wide occasionally. Um, Suat Serdar, though, um, I, I think him and and Harit have been a huge part of our success in the middle of the pitch this season. Um, everything they're contributing has just been it's been great, especially going forward. Um, and then up top, um, I'm gonna give it to like I want to give it to Katuchu. Because I think, I mean, even in a limited sample size, statistically, he's just objectively our best striker. Yeah. Um, at least in terms of his attacking stats. I mean, it's just, it's not, he, he's better per 90 than anybody. Um, but just given the, the, the few appearances he's had in the few minutes, I just, I can't really justify that. So I'm going to go ahead and give it to Rahman. 
up top. Um, another guy, kind of like Keller Jury, who I wasn't particularly impressed with at the beginning of the season, but Raman has sort of found his form of late. Did he finish with six goals in the first half? I forget what his tally is. But No, I think Serdar and Harit had six. I think he maybe had five, four or five. I can check that real quick, yeah. but... Um, Anyway, I think you would agree much improved later in the, in, in the first half of the season than um, in the beginning uh, and began to justify, I think, a little bit of, of why we were spending money on him. I don't know if he's worth that money yet, yeah. um, but I definitely feel better about it now than I did earlier. Yeah, and it's it's four goals and two assists And two in the so D people kill, so there you go, six in that yeah. respect. There you go. Uh yeah, that's a that's a great selection, and you almost convinced me to switch to a four two three one with your argument there. <laughs> uh, very, I was very close to going that way. I'm gonna go with a four four two diamond, uh, just to play just to play devil's advocate. Um, my back five really is the same as you. Uh, in goal, Nubel, you got to put him in net. He was in net majority of the time. Um, so Nubel's my goaltender. The, the back line is almost the same as you, I should say. Uh, right back, uh, definitely John Joe Kenny. He's been a revelation for us this year. Um, we'd love to see him here stay long term, but we'll see how that ha- pans out. Um, and center back pairings, where uh, I- I'll differ just a very little bit. I think going forward, it should be Sane and and Kabak for sure. Um, I'm going to go with Nastasic because I-, I like what he did this year when he when he came in when he finally came in. Um, I thought you were going to say Ochipka. <laughs> Juan Miranda is my left back. No, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, that, that game against Hamburg. Anyway, uh, so it's Kabak and Nastasic in the, in the, in the center back pairing. Uh, obviously, Kabak is a, is a no brainer for me, but I think Nastasic played very well when he came in uh, after all those injuries. And then uh, left back with Chipka. And then my 4 4 the, the sixth is going to be Omar Mascarell. Right midfielder is going to be Daniel Caligiri. Uh As much as I wanted McKinney, I want to put McKinney in there. I did not put him in. Um, I got Calajiri. He did come on very strong at the, the, the end of the first half of the season. Um, left side, I'm going to go ahead and put Swat Serder. And then uh, obviously in the 10 position, I'm going to put Amin Harit. And then up top, I'm going to have Benito Rahman. I mean, how could you not have him in there after the way he ended that in the first half? And I am going to stick Katuchu in there t- to be alongside okay. him. Because uh, I think if he's starting, he's going to put you know him and Ramon could do good things together. And they, the, the the very small sample size we have of those two together and Harit, they've done some really good things together. So um, that's my four four two selection for starting eleven. Um, yeah, it's, it's difficult. I mean, like I said, McKenny gives a shot for McKenny. Matanda had a good season. So just to explain that a little bit further. So for me, like I, I couldn't put. McKenny ahead of Caligiuri at that right mid position in a four four two diamond. So basically for me it was like I either put on McKenny or I put on Matondo or Bergstaller. Yeah. Up top. And I think Mat- I think there's an argument to be made from Matondo and there might be a lot of people that disagree with me on this. I just feel like overall I think McKenny maybe had a bigger impact in, in the first half of the season. So that's why I went the way I did. But and, if you, if you uh, and Bergst- I can't put I can't put Katuchu up there just for lack of minutes. But I under I mean I agree with you. Like I understand the sentiment. And if you put Brooks all up there, you would have been, this would have been your last show. So, <laughs> I'm, <kidding>. I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> Franco DeSanto, player of the decade. <laughs> Wait, you ruined it for everyone. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there you go. That's our midseason awards. Uh, I don't think I missed anything. Nope, that's that's it. So, um, tell us what you thought about our you know our midseason awards. Did you agree with him? Who would you pick in the – who would you start in 11? Let us know at Shalk America. Um, again, and you know, tell us what you thought about your our team of the decade as well. We're, we're curious to hear your take on that. We obviously got your vote, so we kind of know what you guys are thinking. But you know, if there's somebody else we missed that you want to insert there, please let us know. Um, yeah, that's. Uh, I think that put a wrap on this one, Jack. 
Great. Yeah, we're starting back up next next week uh, against Gladbach, so it's going to be uh, get back hot and heavy, a, a tough schedule to start. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's. I'm, I'm ready to I'm ready to kick the season back up, man. It's been uh, too long. Yeah, and then uh, two weeks from now, uh, Bayern Munich, right? Um, so yes. a lot of watch parties going down. Uh, New York, uh, I think Columbus again. Uh, Amsterdam Tavern in uh, St. Louis as well. So uh, if you're in any of those cities, make sure you try to head out for that. Um, I will have my 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 age-old question of whether or not I'm driving to St. Louis for that one, which we know will probably end up in me not doing that. But I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm thinking about it for the time being. Uh, so yeah, anybody in those cities, make sure you go. I'm, those watch parties are always a good time, and uh, maybe you can you can witness a shock result us knocking off a of Bayern in uh, in the company of your fellow shock supporters. Yeah, yeah, and then they had a shock result of themselves. They lost Nuremberg this past weekend, five to two. So hey, anything can happen, right? Um, yeah. I'm not going to be at any of the watch parties, but I recommend everybody go to it. Uh, I may go out to Leesburg there to the uh, to the uh, old tavern there, the the Donor Bistro, to watch uh, with uh, fellow Shaka fans uh, in my area. So hey, maybe um, you got to invite uh, Nick Tytog's family there now. Yeah, we could, and uh, I think we got some connections too to do that. So maybe we will. Virginia boy, there you go. There it is. There it is. Uh, if you guys haven't done so yet, you know, make sure you sign up for the Shaka U.S. newsletter via email. Uh, it's giving your email address and you get it once a month. Uh, it gives, keeps you up to date with everything going on with Schalke, uh, stuff that you cannot keep up with on, on social media. Um, so we're going to wrap it up right there. Keep tuning in each week. We are back. Uh, we'll bring you with the latest from the Royal Blues. We want to thank Schalke and every single person who voted in on Twitter and Facebook for our team of the decade and providing us feedback or tidbits for our podcast today. We really, really appreciate all the feedback you guys gave us. Um, yeah, we love you guys. So thank you so much for, for contributing to us. Uh, and as we as we mentioned, we now have a Facebook and, a, and an Instagram page. So please give those a like, give the follows. We'll put up, we'll pump up some information there uh, so you guys can follow along. Um, if there are any topics you would like us to discuss, please send us a tweet at Shock America or, or Instagram or Facebook uh, if you have those if you follow those accounts. Uh, we want to, of course, give a shout out to our very good friends at NBC4 Nashville, sponsors of the of the Hinrunda. <laughs> uh, Jack, where can our followers find you on social media? J M Mangan, J M M A N G A N on Twitter. Very good. And once again, I'm your host Richard Carmen, and you can find me on Twitter as well at r underscore k h a r m a n. Until the next pod comes, my friends, stay ready, and we'll be with you soon. Shoes.